0: We would be honored if you
1: would join us all right everyone welcome to another episode of dungeon crawlers where space and time have collided where the past has met the present or maybe it was the future but either way yet again alton exhausted tired has left the land of batu yep again it still sounds like i'm sneezing uh we we just spoke with him moments ago. He is not only has he gone to Batu, but he has taken over Mandalore. Somehow he's oh. gotten a hold of a dark saber, and I'm gonna leave every joke alone with that. Cause I see Krebs just rolling his eyes and grabbing. No, his face. it's
2: it's the sheer envy. Oh like, okay. prior to prior to us recording tonight, he did an unboxing with us. And yes. at Dungeon Crawlers, it is glorious to behold.
1: Yes, he has a dark saber. And we will see him soon. But that's besides the point, I'm gonna turn it over to Krebs to announce tonight's amazing guest because, well, Krebs knows this gentleman a little better than we do.
2: You know, I gotta be honest with you, the last couple of weeks I have been a bit spoiled because I last week we got a chance to speak with one of my dear friends and film compatriots, uh, Connor Anderson, and he's a fascinating human being but that got me on this like role. And there is another film compatriot. In fact, I would dare say that this is in terms of like my film friends, the one that has done the most good for me in my life that has gotten me into acting, that has taught me about filmmaking and has honestly enriched my life in various ways outside of filmmaking. This is my dear friend, director, animation editor, john sores
0: john sores welcome to the show thank you for having me josh uh that was all way too kind you're, you're really playing you're really like hyping me up i have to live up to it john and i met
2: back in 1998 when we both attended the same junior college that coincidentally so did george lucas and uh which of course that, that school touts as often as it could, uh, as, especially back then. Because if you recall, in 1997, they did the whole re-release of Star Wars. And so Star Wars was like on fire at the time. But we both attended the same film courses. We, uh, we, that's where we met. And over the years, we've had the opportunity to work together, making some pretty fantastic pieces of media. John, tell us a little bit about what you do now. And tell us about how you got started.
0: Uh, well, I should I should start with what I do now. Uh, right now, I work as I work in animation as an editor uh, at Warner Brothers, uh, and I work on cartoons, which was unexpected. It's not what I tried to get into, but I kind of fell into it uh, back around 2014 uh, when when uh, Doug Tenapel asked me to work on a cartoon, and I said. I don't what, can I do I don't know how to do that and he's like yes you do and it turned out I did it's pretty much the same as working on live-action <laughs> editing but uh, yeah I, I started out I, I I grew up on an almond farm in uh, the San Joaquin Valley and was really interested in filmmaking so in my 20s I started you know like well I guess in my this so was about 18 years old i started making films i started going i i, I met josh at mjc and uh started started like uh, bumming their equipment so that i could make stuff because i had nothing of my own and uh i met everybody that I, a lot of the people that i still work with on my own projects i met there back in late 90s early 2000s um and then yeah just struggled and made made stuff, made shorts and stuff throughout uh, my 20s and made a feature film over over the course of about 6 or 7 years. I think it was closer to 8. Well, yeah. Well, if you want to be if you want to get real serious about it, it was like 10 years. <laughs> but the the production I think was 6 or 7 years roughly. And then it went into 10 years, you know, sporadically with post-production and having to reshoot things here and there. Uh, And then that caused me to sort of fall into animation. I ended up working at DreamWorks for a little while, and then I worked at Titmouse in Hollywood, and then I worked, now I work at Warner Brothers. Uh, Is that, is that? That's pretty awesome.
2: (laughs) It's a lot to unpack too. Uh, Daniel, go ahead. I'm just saying, okay, Warner Brothers
1: cartoons. So, are we talking like the DC animation films or are we talking more like just Warner Brothers cartoons like Looney
0: Tunes and stuff like that or somewhere in between? I have worked on one uh Warner uh, on one DC animation movie. Uh I worked on The Long Halloween. Uh, uh adaptation which there were several different editors that worked on that so i don't even know like what It's my... not
1: out yet it's the next one to come out and i'm so excited for that one
0: yeah it's this summer i guess yeah, uh, they, yeah they've been they've been sitting on it for a while because of that um that batman live action movie that pattinson is yeah. supposed to be in they they kind of put this thing on the the animated movie on hold uh, well, they were working on that. I don't know how much that I'm supposed to say, but it's, uh, it's yeah, it's, uh, I worked on it like a long time ago, like in yeah. 2019 or something like that. And I, uh, you know, it was, there were already two other editors that had worked on it. Uh, so I'm, I don't know uh, what shape it's in now, but we'll My, see.
1: It's, yeah. I mean, I just uh, watched the, the new Justice League movie. They released the World War II one, the Flash alternate history one. And on that is like you know, it, they have the little "What's Up Next" and they were showing clips and the storyboarding for that, and that's the next one to come out. And I'm like, oh, I'm so excited!
0: It uh, looks good. I mean, it, I'm familiar with the uh, the long Halloween book, and I think that I think you'll dig it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, can't I say. so far like all the uh, you know DC animation stuff's always been right on the spot, right on the money. It's their live action stuff warner brothers tends to struggle with or dc well i guess they're the same um unfortunately i hate to say that but that seems well be- li- live
0: action yeah like live action and animation are oddly separate you know uh yeah. they don't they don't look at what's going on across the hall so
1: yeah it's the weirdest thing um, that's
0: it's like that in every studio too uh, hmm. you know there's we were kind of surprised when they were like you know we're gonna do a movie and so your your movie's gonna be shelved for like a year or whatever i mean i it was uh, kind of a confusing situation but it happens all the time
2: i bet and i imagine that was only compounded by the emergence of covid
0: <laughs> well i so on uh, i know that that their movie was shut down for a while because of that their live action movie and i don't i don't, I don't even know if they're gonna finish it do you guys know anything about that, about that Pattinson <laughs> movie? We, we've seen things on the interwebs. I, you guys probably know more than I do. Uh, I, I've, I'm like, what happened to that Pattinson movie? <laughs> you know, like, I haven't heard anything since, you know, since they shut down. Yeah, Robert Pattinson
2: feels the same way. Um, so <laughs> I, I want to back up for a second because you dropped a name earlier that I think a lot of dungeon crawlers, I think many of them might not recognize but they'll recognize the body of work. You said Doug to Naple. Yeah. Who is Doug to Naple?
0: Uh, well, I guess a lot of well, okay. it depends. I mean, it depends on how old you are. But <laughs> I was going to say a lot of people would recognize him. Um, you know, for being the creator of Earthworm Jim, <laughs>
1: but that
0: was a long time ago. So, yeah. uh, but um, Doug and I. Gosh, how long ago was that? <laughs> it was. It's like twenty years ago. Yeah,
2: it was a long time ago. I think it was. I think it was around two thousand one, two thousand
0: two. Yeah, yeah, and I think that we finally shot the thing in like two thousand three. I think now the thing. What's the thing? So, like D- Doug and I, like twenty years ago, back back in two thousand three, we made this thing. <laughs> it was it was three uh, short episodic you know action films like action comedy short films called sock baby and it was really early it was like you know the early stages of video on the internet so it it became it was like one of the first web series that ever existed I, i believe uh because i know at the time he was saying yeah we're gonna put it on the internet and i was like why would you put a movie on the internet
1: you know, I was like,
0: what, what is that? What? Why would we do that? Um, but yeah, it, then the thing became kind of a, you know, it costs nothing to make. I think each episode, there's three of them. Each episode costs like 200 bucks to make or something like that. And they became kind of cult hits uh, around the world. Uh, they, they were pretty well known. And you know, then ever since then, it's like we we've had brushes with making those things as feature films like we had different studios interested in them and stuff like that. And it never happened. But uh, Doug got hired, you know, hired as a showrunner on this dream, a DreamWorks adaptation of VeggieTales. Um, and that's how I ended up on doing animation. He just called me and was like, would you edit animation which i'd never again i'd never the same it was the same conversation it was like why would you put why would you put a movie on the internet you know (laughs) but then i was like what i've never edited animation before but it turned out to be pretty simple compared to what i did already so nice um yeah so so yeah doug and i did uh i guess a a pretty big weird internet thing back in the early 2000s that kind of set me on the trail uh, you know of what i'm doing now absolutely
2: and so so i sock baby is still to this day one of my favorite series of all time if you have not seen it dungeon crawlers and chances are you haven't i would definitely go out and check it I, is it still available online somewhere is it still on? Yeah, it's,
0: it's out there yeah i think west havenbrook has a youtube channel and i think it's on there and it might be something on you know like on something doug runs i'm not sure but it's out there for sure. And what is West Haven Brook? Uh, West Haven Brook was a film company. Well, it still is a film company, actually. That Justin Spurlock and Ben Beams and I started back when we were in college with you. You know, back That's when true. I was briefly in college before I got kicked out. <laughs> That's uh, a story I want to visit too. But uh, yeah, as, you know, we were all we were all there together. You were there too. And we started that company and and we still we still own it. We still run it. That's a danger Element was made under that banner. And uh, yeah, the, the most recent project I'm trying to develop is still under that banner.
2: Awesome. So you had the Sock Baby series and it was three episodes back to back. Some time went on and then a fourth episode appeared. And it was in terms of like visual quality, in terms of editing and gear and all that stuff. It was of a higher standard and it also had a couple of famous faces in there uh who were some of the celebrities that ended up in sock baby
0: four well i know that um doug jones was in the movie remember that because i met him uh at a comic con (laughs) it was at the it was at the panel for pan's labyrinth uh where i met him and he was like Super enthusiastic. We we gave him some stuff, and he was unusually enthusiastic. And he was like, "I want to work with you." So we that even back then, we were. I think that was two thousand eight, two thousand seven. Even back then, we were talking about working together on Danger Element. But I asked, you know, we brought him in to do the sock baby four appearance, and then also uh, the Heater brothers, uh, John, John Heater, who people know as Napoleon Dynamite, and his twin brother. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Heater, who looks pretty much exactly like him, but he's not an actor. Um, was there were there other celebrities in that? I don't know. No, well, there was you, me but and uh,
2: and no, Douglas... it was Doug Jones and the Heater Brothers. Yeah. Uh, but and and this is just a little side story, and it's and it's how I make this story about me. But <laughs> so with episode four, you invited me. Like I loved Sock Baby, and I really wanted to be a part of it. And I didn't get an opportunity to be in the first three episodes. It was just a timing thing. It just didn't work out. And that's fine. The fourth episode comes around and you contact me and you're like Krebs. We've got this spot in sock baby four, and we want you to be in it. And I really wanted to be in it. Coincidentally, there was a major family event that was occurring in another state in the country. And so, and it was on that exact same weekend. So I had to say, I had to decline. So I missed my opportunity at that time to meet Doug Jones and, uh, I missed my opportunity to meet either of the heater brothers, (laughs) but that's okay because time would roll on. And then John Soares, once again would hop back on the directorial horse and he would bring back, he would breathe life back into a project that started as a series of of films back when we were in school, actually, even after school, we, uh, after film school, and I don't want to make it sound like we were, you know, it was after high school and it was like (laughs) in the afternoon, but (laughs) after school special, but uh, there was, there was this period of time. I, I, I want to give like the context of history when you and I were at film school together, you started the adventure of this character. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about this character that you created in school?
0: Yeah. So I, I was, yeah, I guess that was pretty early when that started. I, I decided that uh, martial art action was kind of something that i could do because my my big thing was i wanted to do big spectacle action movies uh that was kind of what i was into i was bored by everything else uh but it was hard to figure out how to do that on a budget of nothing (laughs) uh so i i ended up in the late 90s uh hong kong style martial arts were really coming in to north america in a way that they hadn't in the past uh, they're becoming kind of mainstream and i remember thinking like well i could do that you know It and it doesn't cost anything you know and if if you, if you can do like four or five six seven moves on at a time and then you can cut and you, you know you can actually make this work and it doesn't it's especially because it's all just human performance in front of the camera it doesn't doesn't cost really anything to do except for if you're going to pay your actors, which I didn't. (laughs) Uh, But so, yeah, it came from that. I decided that I was going to create this character that was going to be this catch all. I was going to do these experimental action shorts and I created this character and his name was Jitney and it was yeah, it was a catch all action character and it started as sort of a silent action character. Uh, it's kind of like a Buster Keaton, Charlie Chaplin, silent comedy action character, and then over the past twenty years, it's evolved into something more serious. It has, he's got a backstory. It's it's going it's going full Tolkien. You know what I mean? It's it's getting out of hand. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 become something that I've developed over the past twenty years.
2: That name Jitney, in fact, actually, he's often referred to as well, he's often referred to character to character as Jitney, but like the title of the films, the series that you made is called battle Jitney.
0: Yeah. Which is, it's a reference to the film mystery. Yes, it is. Which is an old, which is an old enough film at this point that I can admit that. And it sounds cool. (laughs) Uh, Because at the time it was like a brand new movie, right? It was like the movie came out and I was like, that sounds cool. I'm taking that name, but like, uh, it's a reference to a vehicle, the, the the Herkimer Battle jitney that's junked out in the junkyard that they they refurbish. Yeah, and then in the in the newer stuff, he's called Jitney because I just figured, well, it sounds a little bit more serious, I guess. But yeah, it was a, it was just a weird. I wanted a name that didn't sound like a name. You know what I mean? <laughs> like- <laughs> nice. Yeah, it absolutely stands out, right?
2: Like it, it makes the character unique in 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 one of several ways. And so then you started doing the Jitney series and and that began in college. And then like, as you were making movies, you, you actually, so for historical reference, I personally ended up leaving school before finishing any degree before finishing any certificates, because I ended up getting a job in the tech industry and I, and I jumped ship and I went and I bailed, but John and our compatriots, Justin and Ben, they stayed and they kept working and they were actually doing some very creative, incredible, impressive things for being junior college students. And they stuck around in this program for quite a while until it kind of took a turn. So, so what happened while
0: you were in film school? Well, Ben uh, actually went, he, he, he started at uh, San Francisco. He, he was studying film in San Francisco and then he came to MJC and then he then he went back so he went back before Justin and I derailed the whole thing he, he still has his dignity about this but uh <laughs> uh Justin and I I mean I was always pretty open I mean like uh, you know our our teacher Carol Mingus would give us assignments and I perpetually would blow these 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 assignments off I would just I would just not do them like she'd be like here's the assignment it's an exercise you need to like make a scene that's like this. And I just wouldn't, I would make like, <laughs> I would make like a 10 minute film with, a, you know, and it would just not do anything she said. And she, but the thing is she would end up liking it. Yeah. So, so she kept passing me, right. I kept, I kept getting through <laughs> semester after semester, not doing what she was asking me to do. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, okay, this is great. And then we get, you know, Justin and I, we're working, you know, and you're there too. So we we were all working together uh, and we're all kind of running in. We're all kind of running together. We originally we were sort of in separate groups and we started working together. Uh, by the time Justin and I got together, she was getting kind of fed up with it because uh, we were <laughs> just doing some of the weirdest stuff you've ever seen. And we were doing it with their equipment. Uh, we had no intention of doing the assignments and she just called us in one day and she was like, Uh, I'm throwing you out of here because you're just, you know, what are you guys doing? What is your goal? And we didn't really have an answer to it. So she kicked this out. And then we just, we started branching out and just, we, we actually bought some of our own equipment, started making stuff of our own and we started growing. Uh, So she did the right thing, you know, and then later on, she had us come back and lecture the class, which I thought was funny because... (laughs) We yes. never finished the class, you know, like, like, I was like, well, uh, you know, Carol kicked us out of her class. So I don't know exactly what she wants us to say to you, but, uh, and then later on they built that new studio there. Oh my gosh. And she, yeah. And I, I came in and she, she gave us a tour of it. And she's like, you guys can use this for whatever you want. We actually did use it on Daydream, and So it was this kind of full circle thing where she kicked us out because she knew that we needed to grow. We did. And then we came back, and she sort of accepted us back, uh, which was a neat thing. But uh, I think was a did that answer your question? Yeah, it did. Well, is? because
2: I've had I've had the benefit of like seeing the history of things unfold, right? And your history in filmmaking is this collection of highs and lows, all as as it would appear that every creative story seems to be like when you look at the history of a successful creative. They they have this almost roller coaster rhythm to the highs and the lows of what's going on. You you went to this film program at the time in the late nineties. The MJC film program had a pretty strong reputation. Uh, it was it was a positive experience. It taught me a ton of things. I was very raw and just sort of like you know um, I, I I was trained on the mean streets of the filmmaking community. You know, and and this place really oh, defined my understanding.
0: But but it, when we were there, though, I mean, it really was the main street. It really was, you know, because we would go out. You were, I know you were there, um, because I remember. Thank you for
2: remembering me. No, 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 no.
0: no I'm I'm thinking of a specific <laughs> incident, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we used to film in this place. It was like a, it was like an abandoned office building, <laughs> right? And and one of the guys that we knew who was like this really good actor, but he wasn't in the class, you know. So we would always use him he like used to work at that place and he still had a key right <laughs> so it was like a ban- it was like abandoned for like four or five years and he just had a key because he used to work there mm-hmm. and we'd sneak over there in the middle of the night and, and he'd <laughs> he'd unlock it and we'd film in there like all night long get these like dramatic scenes in this weird abandoned building and it literally was like you know, like what do we remember like, like i think we were there one one night and there was like a bank that was like right across the alley and the alarm went off at the bank that's right <laughs> and, and and we're in the abandoned building and we're like we're not supposed to be here you know it was it really was the mean streets man yeah. it really was <laughs> we we were absolutely guerrilla
2: filmmakers and that's usually how this starts anyway right like this is usually where like filmmakers get their start you you don't have the resources to have political pull, but you have to create something. So you use all of your resources, which are natural and in your environment. And it teaches you a lot about you know, necessity is the mother of innovation and, and things of that nature. Uh, you, you started this thing off, you, we're in this film class. And by the way, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, at least, at least prior to like the explosion of social media and online video making and, and, and the ability for someone to be a self-made creative prior to that, like you went to any film school, any film class anywhere. And it starts off with like 60 to 150 people in that class. And then about, about three weeks in actually as early as like one week and you start seeing a population drop off, you get to about three or four weeks of a 16 week course. And the population has dropped to like 10. There are 10 people who have stuck it out. They're in the class. And now we're all in each other's projects because there are 10 of us, you know? And so we all get to work together at some point. And I remember being in film school and I wanted, like, I saw what Justin and John were making. And to be honest with you, especially in those early days, it was very experimental, very, like, extremely strange comedy. And I always told my friends, I was like, look, their sense of humor is an acquired taste. But once you acquire that taste, it's phenomenal. Like, it's excellent. It's (laughs) amazing. then
0: Then you have to have it.
2: Then you have to have it, right? And then, and
0: then you're, and then you're just like, ah,
2: that's how heroin ah. works, you know? It's no quiet taste. <laughs> And so they they would make the strangest stuff, and they would, and they, but they also were like so creative, it's so inventive. And, and looking, and, and so just to like give you the reason why I'm telling you all this, John and Justin and Ben, they show up. We, I get a chance to work with them, like on one project. It was the tyrant, It was it was uh, the diamond of San Lorenzo which was an Indiana Jones rip, basically. It wasn't even a parody. It was like a clone. Uh, But that's not to disparage it. It was actually an amazingly wonderful, phenomenal project. And then time goes on and we really didn't work that much together. Although we did get together on another project that ended up folding, like it collapsed. And we had to like punt a new project in its place. But we did. Time goes on. I leave film school. You continue you you told us your experience where like you're kicked out of film school. In the min, in the meantime, you start growing. So now you're back on the rise. They build this brand new studio. It was like millions of dollars to build this studio with brand new equipment, multi-story, high tech at the time. It was gorgeous. It was amazing. Then you get invited back and you get to play with their toys and you, you shoot a scene for your feature film, The Danger Element. Not long after that, the studio and the film program is completely decommissioned.
0: Actually, it's just I th- gone. I think it may have already. I think it had it may have already gone away at
2: that point. It, it may have been shut down at that point, but you got there right at like the cusp of time.
0: Because the studio was still there, and and uh, Wes Page was still kind of the guy that you would go to, and we knew him, right?
2: Yes, yes, and, we did. These are so, all names that people at home do not know or care of course, about, yeah. but you and I know. Yeah. people are to me
0: he's a legend. Uh, but when he let it, he got us in there, and we got to we got to actually use the whole facility when it was pretty much shut you know shut down closed for business, which was cool. And there was but, still at that time, as I understand
2: it, there was still really expensive fine equipment in there. Yeah, it was
0: like the day that it closed. I mean, they just closed the door. They just locked the doors. Uh, all that stuff was still in there. Yeah, it was it was sad. Uh, although I have heard. I have heard that film classes are going to come back in some, or may have already come back in some capacity,
2: which um, has only taken like two decades to make happen. But yes,
0: yeah. It, it, when we when we did our screening for Danger Element uh, a few years ago, we did a free screening of Danger Element there, and they announced it. So I, w- I thought that was cool. I don't know. I haven't seen what they're doing, but
2: so. Let's talk about danger element for a second, then, because time goes on and you decide that it's time to make a feature film, and it starts off. Actually, it starts off not as a feature film. What did tell us about this, the danger element? How did it begin? Why was it important to you? Tell us about danger
0: element. So yeah, through the through the throughout the first decade of the two thousands, um, what I was in my twenties, I guess. Um. I was still making a lot of experimental shorts. Um, some of them were too long. I think I made like a forty-five minute experimental short. You know, it was all over the place. I was doing all kinds of weird stuff. And I had a friend who, you know, he was more, he was more in like the re, into real estate and that kind of thing. So he was like a much more like stable person. And and he comes up to me and he's like, "What kind of a movie could you make for like twenty-five thousand dollars?" And I, I think, I remember it like clear as day. I was like, we're out in like San Francisco and we're standing on top of uh, one of the Nike missile silos, you know, just like <laughs> on the coast. And and he asks me this question and I'm like, I can make the greatest action movie you've ever seen. Like that was like my reaction. <laughs> and, and he's like, okay, we'll write it and let's make it. You know, and $25,000 is nothing, right? But in my mind, I'm going like, that's more money than I've ever heard of in my entire life, you know, so I went home and wrote the script. And this was, I remember I finished the script in 2006. Um, And we actually filmed like two scenes and then something happened where the funding completely fell through. So the whole thing got shut down. then I spent like a year pitching it to like local people, local rich people. (laughs) And, you know, and they were, I got some good advice, but it just wasn't working. And then I was at Comic-Con in San Diego. And this had to have been 2007, 2008. Uh, And I sat at a panel that was about Kickstarter, or at least one of the people on the panel was talking about Kickstarter. It was like very first time anybody had ever heard of Kickstarter. Uh, And I thought, oh, this is interesting, like crowdfunding, right? So I went home, Kickstarter, it turns out was still in beta. So I couldn't really use it. I think actually I did try, I tried to set up a beta Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. So it was like still in beta, uh, it failed, right? Like my, my Kickstarter fundraiser failed because nobody knew how to do a Kickstarter fundraiser. <laughs> it was like the first, you know, it was like the, I was like one of the first 28 people to do one and nobody knew how to do it correctly. So it failed. But then I found another type of like crowdfunding website where you could just you could use like PayPal transactions. So I set it up and I said, okay, I'm gonna make this film as like episodic, right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna reformat the script so that it can be done in like five minute sections. Um, and I was kind of going off of the success of Sock Baby, you know, sort of the, the popularity. I can't say success because we didn't make money off of Sock Baby, but it was popular around the, the world, the entire world. So I was kind of going off of that. I was like, surely this will work, you know? <laughs> uh, and it didn't, but <laughs> the, the fundraiser kind of stayed open perpetually. It's like people were still trying to learn how to do it. So I had this fundraiser open for years. And what would happen is, it would raise like a thousand bucks every few months or something and you and then you could make the next part of the movie for like a thousand bucks and that's what i did is i made the movie in chunks over like the next six or seven years uh with it using this fundraiser money and then at some point we ended up i don't remember like remember at some point when we were at our craziest, Justin took out a loan. Justin Spurlock took out a loan, or something, and it was like I think in in total, the movie ended up costing thirty thousand dollars to make, and it had probably a million dollars worth of talent in it. You know, if you counted people like Ted Smith and Doug Jones and people that we picked up along the way, you know. So that's how that happened. It made my first feature film. Just it's all experimental. It was like the early days of Kickstarter, early days of pretty much everything, you know?
2: Yeah. For, for reference for those, I, I suspect that most of the, our listeners know who Doug Jones is now at the time, Doug Jones had been in a million things and nobody knew Doug Jones was
1: under tons
2: of makeup. Yeah. He's a yeah. creature actor and he's, he is the modern day Lon Chaney, the man of a thousand faces, right? Like he, uh, he was the fawn and the pale man in Pan's Labyrinth. He was the silver surfer in Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer, he, he, and, and, more, and most recently, and I think what, what has really brought him to the forefront in people's minds, is that he was the creature in um, The Shape of Water. And so, like Doug, and Doug has been working in the film industry for decades. Similarly, Ted Smith, is a practical effects and uh, prop crafter. You know, he makes props for movies and such. He made the Tracker Jacker nest, nests for Hunger Games and he made the Gatling gun, the Klingon Gatling gun for Star Trek Into Darkness. He, he, and he's made uh, about, a, and I'm not exaggerating, he's made hundreds of thousands of props over time that have been in other shows and other movies and I remember talking to him one time when I got to meet him and I got to talk to him about, you know, because we were working on the danger element together. And I was asking him questions. John will tell you, if we ever go out to dinner, it's really just a talk show uh, that we don't record. Yeah. And, I was always and-
0: like, well, we need cameras because this is good. You know, yeah. it was,
2: it was great. Just like organic conversation, but I would ask questions and I asked Ted and he said that the, what would happen is that the prop house that he worked at, it doesn't matter which prop house it was whichever house he was working at, they would receive orders and the orders would have numbers like IDs and they would have descriptions and specifications and they're like, build this. And so then he would build that thing and then they would ship it and maybe they would never see it again, but he yeah. would be watching a show on, on on the CW or he'd be watching a show on what was then UPN or you know whatever, or he's watching a movie and then here comes this prop that's on screen for like three seconds tops. And he's like, oh yeah, I made that. Yeah. You know, it happened all the time. If you want yeah, to check out Ted Smith's stuff, he's on Instagram now. And he, he does like tutorial videos, but he makes amazing props, especially for cosplayers now, but he makes incredible things.
0: Yeah. It's evil Ted channel. Um, and he's way more famous than I am. <laughs> <laughs> infamous. Time, yeah. He's so famous. He's infamous. Well, yeah. He, he kind of, he kind of quit, you know, he kind of quit, uh, the prop business. I mean, and then he, he goes way back, you know, like, uh, He was working on the, on the movie, The Giver with Mark. He he worked, he worked on The Giver. He, he worked on um, Fifth Element, Titanic, uh, a million different productions that you've heard of, you know? Uh, But after I got to, I, I, I found him on the internet and I was like, wow, your stuff is so cool. Will you build something for my movie? You know? And he's like, he got really into it. He actually came, He drove like four hours and he appeared in the movie. He made a whole suit with the robot suit and everything. And he appears in the movie. And uh, that's why I say, I mean, he did that for nothing. He he, he also built a part of my car in miniature so that we could have the hoods blow off with the machine guns that would pop up and all that stuff. He did all that for nothing. And that's why I say there's a million dollars worth of talent in the movie. Uh, it costs 30,000 bucks to make, but if you tried to hire these people, it would be a million at least. At know? least.
2: And and now with the value of Doug Jones and like you're saying, Ted Smith and his abilities, uh, we also had Ben Page, who is a set and prop maker for Disney that you're, and he was a set and prop maker at the time he was making Danger Element.
0: Yeah. Well, he was another guy that was from MJC. So it was like yes. that you had that clout. You could be like, hey. It's for the old uh, stomping grounds, you know. <laughs> I don't know why he agreed, but he did. They all these people agreed to do it. It was just the perfect storm, you know. Ted was excited. And I mean, Ted will tell you now that he's just like he he just liked that people were excited about making something, you know. And and I think that that's why he he was getting a little bit tired of of the, the prop business. Is that? you know big hollywood it's just like people are not excited you know yeah uh which i understood i mean i was i was stressed out but i was excited i was like every time he would build something i would be like oh my god this is wow you know like (laughs) and and it's like nobody would act that way on the set of star trek or on the set of you know fifth element or especially on titanic you know working with cameron who does he's done that for 150 years you know (laughs) uh but yeah like oh yeah ted is like out here in hollywood is like the best friend i have out here you know
1: so i have to ask where did the car come from
2: oh the car yeah so that
1: is amazing um you know besides the, the the crazy guy that's sweeping, you know, in the warehouse wearing a balaclava, like why? But okay, uh, the car, <laughs> the car, where where did the car come from? And, and how does that fit in to this story of epic portions of everything coming together? So
0: when we were trying to make that first, that first 10 minute piece to, you know, originally I was going to make the first 10, 10 minutes of the film and I was going to try to use it to pitch, you know? this was before we decided to do the like web series approach. Uh, but I was just sitting around with Ben and I was like, I was at Ben's house actually in Santa Cruz. And I was like, he, he needs a car that like, it feels like he's in a fighter plane and it's like an open cockpit fighter plane, you know? And, and I had no idea what that was gonna be. And, and he, he was into race cars. So he was bringing up different cars and and then he was like, "Well, I know somebody who's a friend of my family who owns uh, a 1935 Auburn Speedster." And when he said that, I recognized the only the only car that I recognized the name of because my grandfather owned one. Mm. Uh, right after he got out of World War II, he owned one, and it was like you know this legendary thing that I would always hear about. So I knew exactly what it was. So he asks this guy, he's like, Can we use it? And he's like, Yeah, if you can. He's like, If you can come and get it, you know, you can use it. And we went out and it was like it had been sitting sort of under a tent for like six years, you know, untouched for like six years. So we had to like get it onto a trailer and everything hadn't run in six years. And, you know, we took it home. We cleaned it up. It, had, it was like rats had built a giant nest inside the engine oh. compartment and everything. Oh, man. So we cleaned all that stuff out and we were just sort of getting started. We had the car. And then I went, I think I went to Arizona or something to film something with like Eric Peterson or something like that. And I got a call from Ben and he was like, Hey, uh, he, he wants us to keep the car. Just, he just gave it to us right so i was like this is wonderful right we still i don't i don't know if we even had it running at that point but then we got it running and got it all cleaned up and it was just perfect and we shot the movie and then i i ended up shooting the entire rest of the movie the whole series with it and then ben sold it to me ben it was it was given to ben by his family friend and then ben sold it to me at a very generous price so that's the story of where it came from you still have the car i do yeah it's in the garage yeah <laughs> and that. it's pure luck i mean if you think about why did i end up with this car i mean it's it's pure luck um yeah ben, ben knew somebody the guy ended up giving us the car i don't know why and then ben sold it to me at a very generous price i, I mean i never would i would never have been able to own something like that otherwise yeah it's a beautiful car. I'm jealous. Uh, yeah, I am too. And it's in my garage. Yeah,
2: <laughs> Actually, so one of my favorite things about making movies with you and our, and our mutual friends is the stories that come out of it. Not just the stories on the screen, but the stories we experience in the process. And I love when I would show the danger element to a friend or to students or whatever. And they'd be like, of course the car always comes up the car always comes up and uh they would be they would be like man that car is amazing i was like yeah that's actually john's car he drives that to the grocery store like when he runs errands he's like well let's get in the auburn and then he'd like drives. i actually did at that time yeah, yeah you like, did
0: I, for, a, for a while in santa cruz i didn't have and in series i had no other car uh, yeah. like when when we were filming danger element I would rely on other people to sort of drive people to sets and stuff like that. And I would have to drive the car because that's the only car that I had. And, uh, and of course now what's what, what else is funny
2: is that like, I've, you know, I've known John for years now and I've watched him go through this metamorphosis from this really quite zany comical. Uh, I, on the exterior, it would appear that he didn't take very much seriously in his youth, but I don't think that's the actual truth. I, I, I think that was sort of just like where he was comfortable as I talk about him in the third person as if he's not here. But uh, that's just where he was sort of like comfortable. But I've watched him go through this metamorphosis where, he, John, you've shed the, the zaniness. You still have a great sense of humor. You still are wonderful about experimentation and and exploration in your craft, which I think is wonderful and amazing. But you've shed that sort of facade almost that veneer of being the clown. And now you're the creator. And I remember, I remember being in San Francisco and every seven minutes, someone would stop and ask us about the car. And I could see that because, you know, John in his head, he's on a schedule. We're trying to film a movie. We've got to get these shots and people are showing up and just asking us questions and stuff. And that stalls production. And I remember watching your countenance change every time someone come up, came up to ask about the car, it, you, you, there, there came a point very quickly where like, you just, that was you, you were done. You you wanted nothing to do with that. People are coming up and you're like, oh my gosh. Like, and, and so I remember actually like volunteering the information, just like stepping forward and be like, Hey man, how you doing? That's a 1935 Auburn speedster. Uh, it's his own car. It is real. And uh, we are shooting a movie. Thanks for asking. And like, they would <laughs> not even say that I would just like jump in and just like shut it down because I was like, I got to run interference because John is making something special here. And if he keeps getting interrupted by a bunch of plebeians who are just walking by, then this is never going to go anywhere. And so like that, I remember watching that change in your early days. I think you would have done something almost prank level to anyone who asked about it. And you, you probably would have said something to the effect of, oh no, it's just a VW
0: you know just like <laughs> it, well you know like yeah like when we were doing sock baby and you get everybody in these weird costumes i was wearing like a leisure like a leisure suit that i bought at like the uh you know the, the thrift the Goodwill. and we would just take everybody out to pizza and it'd be people in like pancake make you know white pancake makeup and you know all kinds of weird stuff and we just thought who cares it'll be funny <laughs> uh and 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 i kind of got I kind of grew out of it I, I kind of stopped liking the, the attention um, it's weird because I still like to make kind of strange things but I get very nervous about the attention that it draws in public
2: uh, so I like to
0: have control of the environment that we're filming in that sort of thing it's not as exciting you know <laughs> <laughs> but we're old now yeah so, so it's okay now <laughs> we're,
1: we're more so, mature or leveled up we're not old <laughs> uh, true story so my only grandmother got... is 94 she's old <laughs>
2: fair. once i hit that, that
1: point I, I will declare myself old
2: so we've only got a few more minutes we got to wrap up the episode but i i do have a couple more questions for you if you don't mind john um uh, you know in filming the danger element uh, the danger elements of full-length film and in recent history you made a couple of shorts to follow it up do you want to tell us just a just a little bit about those
0: yeah so um Ever since I got back to L.A. a few years ago, I've been trying to develop something. And uh, I mean, I have I have a, a feature, you know, I've written a feature length script that's kind of like a follow up to Danger Element. Uh, it's a little bit more of a normal movie. I think Danger Element is interesting uh, at the time. <laughs> you know, at the time, I, I felt like it was I mean, now I look back at it and I think what was I trying to do? But, you know, the tone is all, the tone is weird, you know, because I was like experimenting with tone. People would tell me, you got to establish the tone of your movie. And I'd be like, Pff. you know, I'd be like, I'm gonna do all the tones. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's actually true. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do something that's a little bit more accessible, but it's still just as interesting, I think. Um, and uh, yeah, I've, I've made, we made the first 10 minutes of it. You're in it josh if in case you yeah you're in it and yeah we made the first 10 minutes and i'm kind of trying to shop it i'm I'm writing like a fifth draft of the script right now and uh yeah we're just trying to develop something to make it you know maybe one more film before i die (laughs) that's that's a reasonable goal uh
2: (laughs) okay and so and you mentioned earlier that there's a project that, that you're working on. Is that the same project though? The one that you're shopping right now? Uh, yes, probably. Probably. I think so. And I know, I know that you're in these early stages. There's a lot that you can't say, which I totally understand. But if someone were interested in following your progress and wanting to stay on top of where this project is, how would they do that? How would they stay on top of the progress of this project? Maybe even offer their services in one way or another.
0: Well, I mean, the best way to find anything that I'm doing is on my website, which is JohnAllenSories.com. Seems that's like fair. a pretty sim- simple name. Yeah, it's easy uh, to remember. So I, I, I update, you know, like news on what I'm doing there most of the time. Uh, I think that's probably the best way to find me. Um uh, but yes, right now I'm, I'm just trying to develop this, this project. I'm probably going to be releasing the, the proof of concept film that I made for it. It's probably going to get released to the public sometime in the next few months. Um,
2: and where, so would for, release,
0: called, where would you release that? Uh, probably YouTube. Probably just going to dump it on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> dump too. You know, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I, I always wanted to just give away everything on YouTube, just like dump everything on YouTube and just let people have it for free. Uh, But I'm advised not to.
2: (laughs) Well, and for a time there, contractually, you couldn't do that with the danger element, which is ironic because the danger element started off as ultimately just sort of like through the natural progression of things, it started off as a YouTube series. Yeah. Yeah. And then when the series was complete, you cut it together as a feature length film And then you were able to sell the distribution rights overseas. Yeah,
0: Yeah. and then I had to take everything off of YouTube, you know, (laughs) so that, yeah, so I wasn't violating the terms of that contract. But yeah, Danger Element is probably going to see a physical media release pretty soon, this year probably. Uh, And then Book of Lies, which is the proof of concept I'm working on. Uh, that'll probably go up on youtube because it's not a complete film you know it's like the first 10 minutes of a film right. so i'd rather people just got to see that you know what i mean yeah i do so. and it's
2: and despite the fact that i'm in that it's brilliant like it's really good so that's awesome
0: i'm i'm very proud of it i think i think this time i think this time we did something good josh <laughs> <laughs> we we finally did it from 1998 to 2018 we finally did it you know, yeah, I mean, when I look at it, you know, I think like, man, imagine if we had the whole movie. Cause I mean, it does, it, it just feels so cool to me. It's, it's it does. Super uh, I'm, I'm thrilled. It's,
2: it's, it is among, I, I've done a handful of film projects over the years. And it is to this day, both Danger Element and, and Book of Lies uh, are among the projects that I am most proud uh, that I got to be a part of. And I always tell you guys don't know this, but there's like a huge love fest between me and John. And uh, I always <laughs> like, every time we talk, it could be for anything, it's just like, hey, out of curiosity, did you see the last episode of Mandalorian? And I'll be like, yeah. And also thank you for putting me in your movies. Like it that <laughs> always ends up in the conversation at some point because I'm always grateful that I got a chance to learn from your example, from your uh, experience, from your experimentation. Uh, you taught me a kiloton along the way and I'm still not half the creative that you are but you're amazing and it's been awesome. I have, I have just two more questions. And then we're ending the show. Ready? Okay. Question I'm in no hurry. Uh, yeah, but the listeners are. Uh, what okay. Question number one. Uh, when do you and I get to make another movie together? Hopefully as soon as possible. Well, I, I also I, want that. I have a solution for this. Oh, tell me.
1: So if we're going to start doing video content, we need a video intro and we may need a car. Oh, okay. <laughs>
0: a car with machine guns. Yes. We're going to start doing car rentals now.
1: So, so somehow we need to do some sort of video we you know he's got the car he's got it's the perfect stuff. clearly alton has a dark saber
0: we, yeah, we, there's, we got a lot going on here just from just from the things we've seen tonight yeah there's a lot there's a lot going on there's a lot going on so we could
1: totally do a whole bunch of things
0: yeah so there you go there's a project <laughs>
1: we
2: could there we are that's perfect
1: to to our video content now we (laughs) have to to his
2: house somehow uh, not (laughs) a problem we can make this happen we will make this happen Uh, and and to be honest even though we've been friends for years i honestly don't know the answer to this next question uh where do you stand on 1983's crawl
1: of course you ask that question
2: it's my new question every show i've never seen it (gasps) I know. Right. Like, okay. So as a friend, as a friend. Now I have to know, can you remain friends with him, Josh? uh, I was about to break up with it. No, uh, (laughs) no. As a friend, I feel like I've done you a disservice for I have not shown you crawl, but we should,
0: we should watch that. We should stream. Of course. I've, of course I've heard of it. And, and I would say that it's weird that I haven't seen it. It is weird. Given your, your
2: breadth of like, cinematic experience right like it you, just it seems like
0: yeah, it seems like well i mean especially that kind of thing it's definitely something i should have seen you know like like excellent uh, T- ted is always showing me stuff like this too uh he's, <laughs> he's like bring bring me over and show me some weird obscure i mean but cruel was not that obscure was it, it well was it was a of...
2: box office failure but it was a commercial film right it came out in 83 yeah. a, a few months a couple months after,
0: after. yeah
2: yeah, it came out a couple months after uh, Return of the Jedi. And so, yeah.
0: and I've seen, yeah, I've seen shots and stuff. Did they do it in 3D? No, they did not. It was, but okay, it wasn't that one. It wasn't that one. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't have Vincent Price.
2: I mean, please. <laughs> but, uh, but you know what? You are right. We should have a watch party and watch it together online. Thank you, John. That was a great idea. I'd love to. Yeah, I think it'd be an awesome idea.
1: Man, ideas just keep coming in. I mean, we really have the intro, you know, and then we can throw out the D for danger. So listeners, if you haven't seen this, go check it out and go check out the rest of the stuff. Because hey, this is just a small sampling uh, of the things you guys have done, uh, John, that you've done. I, it's definitely worth watching and it's it's amazing. And it would be awesome to see more. You know? Thank you. And yeah, maybe we can get Krebs and some weird tights or something who knows uh, it doesn't take much it really does i'm sure it doesn't you know, i know i can
0: tell you all you have to do is ask yeah
1: <laughs> <I've, I've just laughs> jump out of a lake trying to fight off a space monster uh, i did that movie yeah, dressed as a pirate uh <laughs> that's true i did that. i'm sure it does not take much but anyways uh yeah check this stuff out you've you've heard the names you've heard the sites to go to uh check it out And with that said, everyone, we'll get you next time.
2: And in the absence of Alton, I will remind you, dungeon crawlers, tell your story, whatever it may be. But no matter what.
1: Getting a dark saber. Yeah,
2: yeah. Whether you get a dark saber or not, like the rest of us, remember to always
0: be epic
2: and don't suck.
0: Remember, the Force will be with you. Always.